What's going on, everybody? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? Tuesday evening, June the 6th. What's popping? Jared Atkins. Uh, Kirk Kelly will be absent from tonight's recording. Puss has been very, very busy lately. Uh, we have ne- we have had a busy month of May, so he's only able to put out two episodes. But uh, we're going to do a solo shot tonight, and we're going to do it mobile. Uh, we're going to do it right here on the Podbean app, right here off my phone. Uh, I'm not digging out the equipment. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Uh, tonight, uh, our first uh, Weeknight Chronicles episode in almost a month, our first episode in almost a month, and there, <laughs> there's a lot of shit breaking, and we're going to start with, in my opinion, the the biggest the biggest sports story of the day, uh, the Saudi blood money. So the Saudi blood money is no more. Uh, this was uh, this was a focal point. Throughout this entire past year, when we when we first started doing the the mini episodes, the weeknight chronicle editions, when we started doing those last April, uh, last March, whenever it was, when we first started doing those, this was a story that dominated all throughout the year. And uh, as I said, it would go on to be one of the top four or five biggest sports stories of the, of the entire last twelve calendar months since we've been covering it. And and I and I'm not wrong. And uh, this live golf versus the PGA Tour. The 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 whose theoretical dick is bigger? Uh, and it's over. One, two, three. Call the damn bell. It's over. It's done. Uh, the PGA Tour, uh, live golf, and DP World Tour. And for those of you that I've never once reported anything on DP World Tour, I don't really know much about it. So for the purposes of this, uh, the DP World Tour is going to be like the redheaded stepchild of this situation. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, but uh, all three of them are unifying. And for all intents and purposes, I want you guys to know the DP World Tour is a part of this, but we are not going to talk really about that. The PGA Tour and Live have agreed to unify, uh, and uh, a lot of a lot of players got fucked. Uh, both tours would would comment, come out today and comment that this was a landmark agreement on a global basis. Now, what's important before you ask anything about this? In the agreement clause for the unification of these tours, all pending litigations involving all three of these entities, all three of these bodies, all three of these leagues, uh, all pending litigation is hereby ceased, desist, dead on arrival, dead on the table, dead on the judge's bench. There's nothing, no more lawsuits, nothing's going to happen. It's dead. Uh, and I, <laughs> my initial reaction when I first heard this, uh, I had a busy day at work today, so I didn't. I, I did not see this till just 15 minutes ago, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This is the big news. We're going to start off with this. We're doing Weeknight Chronicles. Uh, my initial reaction is that, um, maybe Live Golf, that Saudi blood money, was having trouble getting some sponsorship deals. They needed. They needed the networking and the partnership and the connections that the PGA Tour has. Okay, the PGA Tour, what's been their biggest bitch this whole time? They can't compete with the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Okay, the money. PGA Tour can't compete with Saudi money. Saudi can't get anywhere without the PGA Tour's connections and their sponsorships. So a merger made sense. Now today, Commissioner Jay Monahan said, quote, there's been a lot of tension in our sport over the last couple of years. What we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf under one umbrella. We recognize that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can work in a park. The game of golf is going to be better for what we've done here today. Okay, now of course, uh, professional players made no bones about this. They they um they let it all hang out to taken to social media, some remaining anonymous, uh sending comments to the Associated Press. Uh there was 
agents who represented high playing who represented high paid players from both tours, saying he was unaware of the merger. Uh, certain players would take to social media saying it's nice to read about this shit on social media with the rest of the world. Uh, Phil Mickelson, of course, we know he has been a hu- he's a huge live golf guy. Phil said, "Awesome day today with several happy face emojis." Now, basically, what this comes down to is the parties have signed an agreement that combines the PIF, which is the Public Investment Fund, or AKA the Saudi Blood Money. Uh, it signed an agreement basically saying that the Saudi blood money's golf-related commercial business and rights will combine with the commercial business rights of the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour into a new collective-owned for-profit entity to ensure that all stakeholders, quote, benefit from a model that delivers maximum excitement and competition among the game's best players. And as I said, because of this now, uh, all pending litigation between both parties is is null and void. It's dead. Uh, it, it's done. And and this has been such a phenomenal story. Uh, a lot of people are all for the Saudi blood money, all for the the Live Golf Tour, because it's it's shaking a stick at the old guard. It's shaking a stick at the old boys network that is the PGA Tour. Then on the flip side, there's a lot of players and a lot of fans that are like, fuck these motherfuckers. And it's been, you know, some racist undertones. And it's been some, uh, you know, they're they're just throwing away money, just stealing these players away. And, you know, the Saudi investment public fund, these people had, you know, like, I've seen all sorts of comments across social media in the last year and a half. You know, these guys helped fund the terrorists that did not, like, I've seen all sorts of asinine shit like you wouldn't believe. Personally, I enjoyed this Live Golf thing because I enjoyed them shaking the tree of, how would I call this? I enjoyed them shaking the tree of the status quo and the way the PGA Tour had a monotony on professional golf. Competition creates, you know, competition breeds, breeds cash. At the end result, I I, I don't know, I'm I'm trying to find a way to work a wrestling reference into this, but forget about it. Um, Now, what's going to happen here is that uh, all three of these tours, including the Red-Headed Stepchild DP World Tour, they will work cooperatively in good faith to establish a process for players who desire to reapply for membership with the PGA Tour. This all goes into effect following the completion of this 2023 season. So, now, a memo went out today to the PGA Tour players. Uh, ESPN got a copy of it where Jay Monahan wrote that in addition to making financial investment the new entity, the the Public Investment Fund will become the premier corporate sponsor of the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour as well. Uh, so, I seen some. I, I was flipping through some of the comments on social media before I hit record, and some people's like, "So basically, uh, the Saudi blood money doesn't go away. It just it's now backing the PGA Tour. The same thing that many people were out crying about the PGA Tour about because." They're dealing with this blood money over here, fueling everything. Now the blood money is going to be the main sponsor behind it. So, uh, you know, and everybody's had comments about it. Jack Nicholas said today, quote, The last three years have been difficult for the game and the players. I agree that this is good for the game of golf. I also agree with the commissioner's comments about continuing the tradition of the tour. Now, this isn't over as far as the season. Live Golf still has prior commitments with other people who have, you know, bought into this thing. So Live Golf will continue its 2023 schedule, uh, and it will finish out its schedule. I don't. I never did look earlier in the year to see when their last, you know, event was, but they will continue until the completion of their 2023 season. Uh, Monahan again, would say that the PGA Tour would evaluate how best to integrate team golf into the professional game. Um, Like I said, uh, it it is a huge story. It's the biggest story in sports 
today. It's been one of the biggest stories in sports in the last year, year and a half. Uh, so, so many people involved with the PGA and professional golf just in general have, have taken to social media. I would highly suggest, uh, I would highly suggest you get in your Google machine. If you want to know more information, it is, uh, I am fucking mind-blowing. I thought this was going to be a pissing contest that drugged through years and years of litigation. Uh, so, uh, one PGA Tour who said, was who made a comment to the Associated Press today, uh, asking, uh, under the condition of, of anonymity, said that, um... It's insanity. The live tour was dead in the water. It wasn't working. They couldn't get anywhere without without our networking and everything. Now you're going to throw them a life jacket. So the moral of the story is always to be just to take the money. Isn't wasn't that their whole bitch to begin with? So um, now Greg Norman, of course, as I mentioned, he he's been the the face of live golf. Uh, he's got two majors. Uh, of course, Bryson DeChambeau has been involved with that. Phil Mickelson has been involved with that. Uh, they're all they're all involved in this federal lawsuit and, and the the court thing, and it's just um, it's it's interesting. It, I this is not something um, I saw coming. What's going to be interesting about this is I can't wait to see what happens with. With Dustin Johnson, who, of course, you know, uh, uh, is arguably always one of the top five, top ten players in the world. Many people have called him the best player in the world for the last few years. Who knows? Uh, it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with with, with uh, guys like DJ and Brooks Kepka, both of which who left for Live Golf last year. Uh, when are they going to reapply for membership to the tour? Uh, it looks like from, from what I'm reading or what I was reading, they can rejoin the tour after the 2023 season. Should they want to, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. If this thing is supposed to be on the up and up and it's all about, uh, positivity and unity and, uh, being one collective unit that gets the job done and boosts rating and sells merchandise and sells tickets and makes the world happy, then I won't see any reason why. The PGA Tour would be a bunch of dirty cocksuckers and not let them back in. So, um, now Monahan said today that the reinstatement of the PGA Tour members who had defected the lift is a complicated endeavor and it will be one that is guided by established PGA Tour rules and regulations. Now, even though the Saudi Arabian Public Trust Fund is is going to be the main backer here now, uh, nothing is changing as far as the P as the PGA Tour. Uh, for those of you that might be wondering, I know I I thought of about this too. It's going to remain a tax exempt five hundred one uh, tax exempt organization. Uh, it will retain oversight of the sanctioning vits and the administrative competition rules. Um. This is interesting. Uh, and uh, again, you know, the, the talking about the, the racism, racism thing I was touching back earlier. Uh, if you go back to, uh, I want to say early last spring, late last summer, right when we were really hitting our rhythm with these Weeknight Chronicle episodes, uh, there's a lot of Saudi blood money live golf things. You can find them either in the episode titles or in the episode description somewhere in our archives, wherever you get your Steel Toes and Scoreboard podcast from. Uh, the 9-11 Families United Fund, or, excuse me, the 9-11 United Families Organization, uh, it's a group of like 3,000, 4,000 families of the survivors. Uh, they were totally against this thing from the get-go. Uh, they were, uh, many of them as well took to social media over the course of today, uh, completely upset, uh, extremely offended, some venting some racist diatribes, um, some, you know, with passive, uh, aggressiveness, uh, so th- this is a big story, um, it's one that is not done while, while we now will have a unit, 
a unified uh, league once again. Um, going forward, this story is far from over. Uh, dare I say this might continue to be one of the biggest stories in sports again through the rest of the calendar year of 2023. Who knows? I know that today, though, this has been um, a phenomenal story. And I'd like to top it off. Um, I'd like to play, and uh, I don't own the rights to any of this audio here. I don't know how well you'll be able to pick it up on the phone. Um, but I'm, I'm going to turn the max volume all the way up at the very least, though. Uh, I'd like to play a clip from ESPN uh, earlier this afternoon between Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. Uh, uh, just a, a small two-minute clip here where they are, were talking about um, this situation. And again, uh, all rights, all proper rights go to ESPN here. I do not own any of, of this content. This is strictly for education purposes and entertainment purposes. And let's see how well, uh, we can pick it up here. Um, I'd like to, uh, play this here now. So. We have different opinions on this and I don't have any answers. But I sure have a lot of questions. The PGA Tour said 54 holes was no good. Guarantees no good. No cut, no good. You got to earn it in the dirt. Now it's, it's not good. any good. It's not any good. They never put 54 holes in the PGA. The PGA so you don't do what the PGA does. They're not doing well, anything they but taking more money. And you respond to everything is of the money. Well, okay, I got Don Olmeyer. No, it's Don Olmeyer. The answer to all your questions is money. But yeah. so if they take everybody back, Mike, here, let's yeah. let me sketch this out. Okay. If Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and Brooks Kepta, if they take them all back right. with the money they've made, is there yeah. any penalty? Is there a are they just welcomed back? What? Because if they're welcomed back, let me let me get to the last thing. If they're welcomed back and you're Rory McElroy yeah. and you say, wait a second. I, I didn't go for $100 million. I water, water for you for two years. Yeah, do you go to Jay Moynihan and you say, Jay Monahan and say the following sentence? When are you going to pay me? What do I get for no, my loyalty to you? You didn't take Isn't the that gamble. Fair? You didn't take the risk. Live with it. Well, Joe Namath, did he, did he have to give any of his money back when he got the $400,000, which was a king's ransom in 1964? The said, we're not letting you back in. And now they're just going to let them back in? The PGA you know said, what? no, you guys, you're out. Is that what's going to happen? When I, I talked about some of these storylines being overwrought at the time, you laughed at me then. And I told you, of course it's about money and people are going to get paid. And Moynihan, right? his golden parachute is going to be huge. So let Rory knock on his door. Let Rory and Tiger knock on his yes. door and say, That's where's yes. our money? In the meantime, in the meantime, if I was one of these guys, I was one of those live defectors. I would tee it up and they I would win. laugh in the face right. of every you know who the biggest winner is who didn't go. Well, so <laughs> that was that was awesome. Uh, I've never been a big Tony. I've never been a big Tony guy, but uh, he's he's got a point. Do you do you ask for the money back? Do you penalize him? And Michael Wilbon, uh, I love Michael Wilbon. I've always preferred him over the antics of Stephen A. Smith. I was just talking to one of my best friends, my former boss. Shout out Adam Sweet. We're big golf guys. Adam Adam made some some good points about this. You know, some of these guys that turned down the money. Because the legacy of the PGA Tour, and just like I just like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, but now, but now the tour is taking the money from it to begin. This, this just God. Okay, here's one, two, three. Live is dead, but not really dead. Okay, we now have a United Tour, and you know because of the legacy, it's going to keep the PGA Tour name. It's not going to be the PGA and Live Golf Tour. It's just going to continue to be the PGA Tour. Um, I'll be surprised if the name changes, but I also said the Washington Redskins would never change their name, and now they're the fucking Commanders. God, that's still about... You had three years to come up with a name, and it's the Commanders. That's what you pick. Uh, they might be losing that name, too, by the way. Uh, more on that later, maybe. But uh, still, I, I, I don't know. 
this is phenomenal. This has been a great story. Um, hang on a second. Hang on a second. We have another clip here. Uh, oh, this is off Greeny. Okay, well, we're going to play this. Again, shout out, shout out ESPN. Uh, thank you graciously. The, all, the content belongs to you and all your proper parties. We're just borrowing this for the educational purposes of our podcast. So let's, uh, let's play this back real fast. all about the money folks it's all about the fucking dollars the PGA tour had to do something and with Brooke Kepka winning the PGA championship at Oak Hill a few weeks ago that only did more to legitimize the live golf tour and the PGA tour had to do something so this is a massive move of course there's going to be fallout it's polarizing there're going to be people that are opposed to it because of the Saudi backed money but inevitably i think this is the best thing for golf I don't, I don't know. This is awesome. I would be lying to you guys if I said that I did not want to continue to see how this plays out. Because I do. Uh, the feud might be over. The war might be over. But man, you're going to see battle scars. You're going to see remnants of these, of these battles for a while. Because you're going to have some egos... From some guys that stayed on tour and didn't defect that are going to be super fucking pissed about the money. You're going to have guys coming back after defecting who've already got their pockets filled. And what if they turn around? What if Dustin turns around and wins three of the next six majors? What if Brooks comes in and wins, you know, the next three majors? You know, like what? Oh, man. This is... um. I, I can't wait to see how this is going to play out. Uh, 9-11 was a big thing for me. I was in I was in 8th grade. I watched 9-11 happen live with the rest of the world, just like 8th grade did. I seen the second plane hit live, just like the rest of the world did. I was an 8th grader. I was an 8th grader. Okay? That 9-11 family united community... I, I'm very sorry they're upset... And and whatever, but this has been a phenomenal sports story to say the least. Now the pissing contest is over, but now you're going to have some dissension in the ranks when all these guys get combined and affiliated and merged together again. And um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the whole thing was the, the thing I keep coming back to was the PGA Tour didn't want people to take the money. And now they're taking the money. So, again, uh, we've only scratched the surface of all the information and all the the writings and and the tweets and everything posted on Instagram and Facebook about this. All across the world, social media, trending about this today. Uh, Continue to to get in your Google machine and look it up. I've only scratched the surface, but I can only record an hour and a half episode on it. Uh, on the mobile app when I don't have the equipment set up. So, and we're already almost 30 minutes into this uh, and we have to move forward. But I promise you, this will not be the last time we talk about this story. Uh, one thing we did a lot of last year, uh, one thing we did a super lot of last year, uh, uh, Kurt and I did together, uh, but I did a lot on my own, was talk about boxing. I broke down. Uh, you know, last year we had a big, we had the five biggest fights of the year, which every year I'm going to try to point out the five biggest fights. I have failed. We're six months in the year and I have failed to talk about 
very much boxing this year. Uh, the big five, it got extended to a big nine as we ended up having not nine big fights. Uh, but one thing we, we, we've included, and uh, and in our first year in 2021, we did the What If special, Tyson vs. Ali, and that was one of our most well-received episodes of all time. Uh, still one of our top ten most downloaded episodes of all time. Uh, just breaking outside the top five. But uh, one thing I, I want to talk about is boxing, because uh, boxing might be... <laughs> No longer an Olympic sport, which which baffles me. Uh, this story first broke yesterday, or a couple days ago, and then more was added to it this afternoon, just about four hours ago. Uh, and it's coming out of Switzerland. Um, and uh, I got a short little article, article I'm going to read here, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, basically, the IOC, which is, as we all know, the International Olympic Committee, uh, it's said today its executive board will meet for a special section uh, two weeks before a scheduled three-day meeting that has been solely comprom- or solely put together to discuss boxing's uh, being kind of not part of the Olympics. So basically, the IOC stripped the governing body of boxing, which is the IBA, of recognition in 2019 over some government issues, some financial, some major financial issues, which is a whole nother hop in your Google machine type thing to look at what's going on there. And most of all, sports integrity. Now, it's going to discuss at this meeting whether the Olympic Committee should reinstate the governing body to the Olympics or banish it completely. Now, the 2024 Olympics... Boxing is set to be overseen next year in Paris by the IOC for the second straight games. The IBA itself, which is, as, as you know, there, there's so many governing bodies in boxing. And, and, you know, there's the IBA, the IBF, the WBO, the W, all this shit. Uh, the IBA had no involvement in the 2021 Olympics at Tokyo, which was held in 2021 because of COVID in 2020. Now, the 2028 Olympics coming up, in five years, um, that's going to be in Los Angeles, as we all know. Uh, that's not been confirmed yet whether it's going to be there. It, it's still up in the arms. Now, um, the IOC said today the IBA strongly believes that it meets all the necessary criteria to be an Olympic movement. Uh, and to back this up, they put out a 400-page document. They produced it detailing why boxing should be in the Olympics and why the governing body should be able to oversee this and stress this. Uh, now, the IOC has come out and said that it has no problem with boxing boxers, just with the IBA, which is now led by, uh, you know, the Russian press. So, so it's here we go, more of this... Russian Ukraine stuff that's been going on. Um, anyways, let me uh, see what else we got here. Uh, the IBA has let boxers from Russia and Belarus, Belarus, excuse me, what the fuck is Belarus? Belarus compete with their own flag and anthem, contrary to the IOC guidelines that athletes should compete only as neutrals under certain conditions. Uh, Basically, what this means is right now, the International Boxing Association's future in the Olympics is not looking very good, uh, which means there's room for some of the other governing bodies. And for those of you that are might be sh- scratching your head, you're like, hey, fat man, I've heard you talk a lot about boxing before, but you talk about this governing body and this governing which is it? There's multiple governing bodies in boxing. There, there's there's the IBA, uh, there's the WBO, the WBC, the uh, all this shit. So with the IBA's future looking shaky, a rival governing body, uh, the WBO, World Boxing, or is it has is getting support from the United States, Switzerland, and Brit Britain. Uh, for those of you that's that's asking though about like well which governing body is which 
we we did some discussion about that somewhere in our archives again uh, wherever you get your steel toes and scoreboards podcast from uh, there's you know there's a good eighty something episodes wherever you pull us from uh, just check our archives we we've talked a lot of boxing and I think I've explained breaking down the governing bodies for those that don't understand it uh, I just wanted to put this in here because uh, I love boxing we need to talk more boxing and there's a chance that uh, there there is a chance that uh the IB the the IBA will not be part of the I don't it's it's just crazy to think about. Uh I'll keep you updated on that. Obviously my head is just still wrapped around this this live golf thing. Like um I just I can't stop thinking about this. I really can't. <laughs> oh man. Now, I want to transition a minute to something that I have not gave a lot of love to this year. Tyson Cravener. I want you to listen. Uh, and that would be the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, which uh, is no longer a sweepstakes. We pretty much know uh, where he's going this month. Uh, he, he's going to go number one overall to Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Tyson, if you're listening... You were right, I was wrong. Bedard will be the number one overall pick. I said he would be a top three pick. I didn't necessarily know if number one. I guess I wasn't watching the same amount of hockey that you were. Uh, Me and you talk a lot of hockey, but apparently you eat, sleep, breathe, shit, piss, drink hockey. Um, The NHL draft's going on later this month. Shout out Smashville. It's going in Nashville. Uh... They, this 17-year-old fucking prodigy, they invited him to uh, Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals uh, Monday night. And he was just taken aback. He met with the Florida Panthers. He met with the Golden Knights. He got a tour. Uh, he got to watch through and watch Vegas practice on their home ice. Um... This this guy is uh, the next big thing in hockey, I guess you could call it, without a doubt. Uh, Connor McDavid came in with a lot of hype. And for those of you that have listened to me and Tyson's two hockey episodes, which, by the way, uh, Tyson and I were originally supposed to do a Stanley Cup Finals preview or a, or a postseason, I should say, the entire postseason, we failed. So what I'm going to do, uh, Tyson, I know you're listening, uh, I'm going to propose we do an end-of-the-season review after the Stanley Cup Finals is over. Uh, we'll do an end-of-the-season review and then come back in October, uh, just like we did last year, we'll do another season season preview. But uh, I haven't seen, there, there, there's not been this much excitement, I think, since Connor McDavid came in. Now, obviously, Connor Bedard is not Connor McDavid. Some would argue Connor Bedard is a better player than Connor McDavid. Tyson, I can hear you laughing. Shut your face. Um, isn't it nice? I love shouting out my friends on my podcast. I love doing that. Uh, but I just, I just want to put this in here. Like, this kid's going to be the number one overall pick later this month, and the league's inviting him to the Stanley Cup Finals. And he's getting to watch the home team practice on the ice before the game. Like, And he's only 17 years old. He's not even a legal adult yet. It's craziness. It's absolute. It's madness. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. What else we got? I mean, uh, there's a few things I wanted to pick for tonight. I wasn't even planning on recording tonight. I wasn't even planning on doing a Weeknight Chronicles tonight. I just seen some stuff with this live golf, and it got me excited. I'm like, okay, so I guess we're doing this. So now we're just grabbing random things that I think I want to talk about. Uh, I'm going to shift to uh, some hoops, college hoops. Uh, I want to talk about Shaka Smart. Uh, I loved Shaka Smart. Uh, he came from Texas, and before Texas, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he not coaching at VCU? Um, anyways, uh, Marquette, the Golden Eagles, 
Milwaukee. Is it Milwaukee? Milwaukee or Minneapolis? I don't know. Anyways, uh, Shaka Smart got himself uh, paid. He got a nice little contract extension already. Uh, and he's only in, what, his second or third season at the helm of the Golden Eagles. Um, uh, this is coming off the heels of their first outright regular season championship and tournament title in the Big East. Uh, now, the, the terms of this contract extension have not been made public. Uh, I have websites that I run down and shit on the dark web and... Uh, I look at, and if you guys mentioned, I've always talked about the NFL contracts. You can find any NFL contract information on overthecap.com. I uh, love that site. It's a free plug. But uh, there's ways of getting contract information. Uh, somebody's always a leak. Somebody's always a snitch. Uh, but he's got a contract extension. Uh, he he signed a six-year deal when he became the head coach two seasons ago. But now his contract extension is going to run him the next seven years. Uh, what Shaka Smart has done since coming to Marquette has been incredible. Uh, they've established a winning culture. He, he, he gets the most out of these young players right out of high school. Uh, I have been a huge fan of Shaka Smart. I watched him coach at Texas. Watched him coach at VCU. You know what? I'm gonna f- I want to fact check that now, because I don't want to. Because Shaka smart, so we're just gonna. Uh, yes, he was VCU from 2009 to 2015 at VCU, from 2015 to 2021 at Texas, and now from 2021 present at Marquette. Before that, he was a f- head. Co- he was an assistant coach. Uh, at Florida from 08 to 09. So would he have been coaching for... Uh, who would he have been coaching under at Florida? Would that have been... Uh, Billy, what's his face? <laughs> Anyways. So, so yes. This is... Uh, And he did win uh, the Coach of the Year award this past season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I wonder if I could find that anywhere. Let's see. Can I find that? I'm pretty sure he won. He did. He won the Henry Ivo Award for the best college basketball coach of the year. He won it last year. So, hell yeah. So, kudos to Shaka Smart. He's got paid. Um, they've went 48-20 and 20 in his two seasons as, as coach at the helm, which, I mean, it's, yeah. Now, they went 29-7 this year. Of course, like I mentioned, they won the Big East regular season and tournament championships. Uh... They ended up losing 69-60 to at Michigan State in a tournament. So, yeah. So, let's, let's shift gears here once again. Uh, roll Tide. Roll Tide. God, I hate fucking Alabama. Let's talk about Nick Saban in Alabama, and let's talk about a little NIL. Because they go hand in hand. For those of you that don't know, NIL is name, image, likeness. This has been tied up in the news for the last two years now, ever since the NCAA lifted their ban on athletes being paid endorsers two years ago. Hop in your Google machine, just Google NCAA, uh, NIL, you know, there's news everywhere about it. Uh, But anyways, Nick Saban in particular, uh, today, uh, this morning actually, was uh, photographed, uh, it's, it's on the web, he was taking pictures and giving uh, out toy stuffed rubber ducks to, to cancer children, uh, posing with pictures, uh, stuff that's typically uh, not character-like for him. He's not a person that generally does something like that. 
the reason for this being, now Saban is um, heading to Washington later this week uh, to make a pitch to, uh, you know, to make a pitch to to help uh, some sort get some sort of federal regulation going, which would uh, show how college athletes can make money off of their fame. Uh, of course, the SEC is hosting a reception for lawmakers and congressional staffers uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening before meeting with individual representatives and senators from all eleven states in the Southeast Conference. Is uh, region um, now what these generally what these these coaches and these sports leaders are doing is trying to get help from Congress and managing the NIL. Um, and I think this has been a, this has been a topic that Kurt and I have wanted to talk about at length ever since when when uh, April of twenty twenty one. March of 2021, when I first started talking about doing a podcast, March of 2021, uh, because the year before, March 2020, during lockdown, I listened to like 40 podcasts over the two and a half week lockdown period I was part of, and I wanted a podcast, so in March 2021, when Kurt and I started talking about this, uh, what we were going to do, we, we started making the list, of course we launched in May two years ago. But uh, we kept talking about episodes we want to do, and, and we kept circling back. And Kurt actually had a very had a lot of opinion on this, believe it or not. Uh, Puss has got some opinion on this. We we talked about should college athletes be paid? Um, this is a topic that that uh, every sports cast, every sports podcast has covered in length at least once on their show. Should college athletes be paid? Um. Sometimes I believe yes, sometimes I believe no, but that's not what this is about. This is about what what is going on here and what um, a guy like Saban, who's got probably, what, seven, eight national titles. Um, it's maybe a voice of what he can do to help this. So anyways, uh, Saban did an AP Press interview this afternoon and he said, quote, I have a quote right here for him. I think that whole idea is we want to provide information based on our experience so that maybe people that are involved in the House or Senate have some sort of idea of what the issues really are and how it can impact and affect college football in the future. Now, he did this interview at the Children's Hospital, this event he was organized, or this event he was at, which was organized by Aflac Insurance. Now, uh, Saban would 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 continue on and said that his contention that the system doesn't work the same for everybody with such a wide disparity of NIL benefits available at different schools. He said, I don't know exactly what the answer is, quote, but I think if we can get more people aware of what the issues are for them to have input on how we can sort of create a model that would help create some sort of competitive balance but still give people opportunities to use their NIL to earn, I think would be a very good thing. And, of course, Saban's not coming to D.C. alone. Of course, Greg Sankey, and we. And if you're thinking like I've heard you mention that name a million times, who is Greg Sankey? For those that don't know, this is the SEC commissioner. And, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, uh, college football is dominated by the SEC. Just like I believe in my heart, college basketball is dominated by the Big Ten. I don't give a damn what anybody says. That's my opinion. But in college football, it's dominated by the SEC. Uh, the NCAA loves the SEC conference, and then it's everybody else. Sankey's going to be there, too. Um, um, so, you know, Saban's flying out to Washington tomorrow morning. He's going to meet, uh, and of course, you know, this... Aflac thing was there, and it was feel good, and it, they were donating to kids. It's all it's showing. It's all about the kids and and everything, and it's all you know. So, um, I, I, I I'm actually I saw the picture of it today. It, it's it's weird to see Saban happy and not being such a stoic looking asshole. Um. But Saban's got a point. It's, it's for a good cause. 
college athletes have been have been taken advantage of by the NCAA for a long time financially. Uh, we haven't seen any NCAA football or basketball games in forever. Uh, there was a big blow-up about that years ago. Hop in your Google sh- machine. You'll remember what I'm talking about. There was a huge blow-up about that. They're fucking using our name and making money off us. And I can't even afford my tuition. And this and this. I, hey, man. To each their own. I I hope that these guys get taken care of. Um, but I'm not going to hold my breath. And the fact that Somebody like Saban does it, who in the college football world, to some of these motherfuckers, is the be-all, end-all. He's the second coming of Jesus. Roll Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide, by God, I told you, Roll Tide. No. Uh, how about War Damn Eagle? Hashtag WDE, War Damn Eagle. Go Auburn. Or, Auburn. <laughs> yeah, go Auburn. Um, I, guess, I guess that's really all I got. I just want to put it out there that Saban did a little, you know, press junket thing, and it was in the field goods, and it's great. Anything with children, sick children, is fantastic. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, now let's just get these kids paid, because in all honesty, some of these kids deserve to be paid. Some of these kids are seriously taken advantage of. Um, and yeah. You know, over over the years, we, we've shown a little love to, to tennis. And I wanted to bring a little piece of, of, of men's tennis news here because of uh, we could be looking at a last ride. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked some tennis on here, and I, and I mentioned some of the GOATs. You know, Federer, uh, Novak Djokovic. Uh, McEnroe, Rod Lever, uh, Bjorn Borg, um, Andre Agassi, uh, Andy Murray, you know, some of, some of the goats. And of course, one of the biggest goats, that one's hard to pick a goat for me because a lot of those guys can get inserted into the goat conversation. But for me, one of the goat goats is, uh, Rafael Nadal, um, and uh, he's gonna. He's looking at probably gonna miss the next five or six months, which pretty much means that his season is pretty much over because uh, he underwent surgery this past weekend on a hip that's been bothering him, and it's gonna keep him out five or six months. Now he's not competed since January after injuring his hip at the Australian Open. They're, why am I telling... Okay, what, so why are you telling me this, Jared? Because we don't ever cover a whole lot of injuries. This person's been out. That's just not one thing we do. I don't know I don't know why we don't do it. It's just one thing we, we don't do. We don't talk about this person's out for this person's injury. We don't do a whole lot of that. The reason I'm telling you this is because... Roger Federer, or Rafael Nadal is 36, 37 years old, okay? I'll be 36 this summer, so he's, he's right there with me. But he has said that um, he's thinking he's going to hang it up next year. He's, he's not where he wants to be mentally. Physically, it's starting to catch up to him, and... and any one of you out there that was a high school athlete that listens to our show, any one of you out there that's been a college athlete, believe it or not, Kurt and I have had some listeners who said they played college sports. Obviously, I don't think there are any professionals. Could be wrong, but you guys you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm sitting here last night, uh, sidebar, and I promise it'll circle back around. Last night, I popped in the Undertaker Last Ride DVD. Of course, I could have just got on my Peacock and watched it. But uh, I bought the DVD. I don't have I don't have internet here at my new place, so uh, I got 50 gigs a month hotspot data. I've got a little over two weeks left to go, and I've used about 30 gigs so far. So I, I limit what nights I you know hotspot. But I wanted to watch this, and I didn't feel like holding my phone, so I popped in the DVD. The whole point of this is that 
Taker's been saying on this DVD, which was recorded between 2017 and 2020, that it's just his his body is not where it needs to be. And as an athlete, you don't want to become a parody of yourself. Now, what this means is, from what I've been reading over the last few months, is that Nadal's kind of wondering if it ain't time to, you know, the old father time right there just tapping on his shoulder like he don't want to become a parody himself which he's already goaded he's already gonna he's won 14 fucking french opens he, he's goaded he's gonna be he's gonna go down as one of the as one of the greatest of all time but uh so but it, I, I'm, I'm saying this because it looks like we're, we're fixing to embark on a final farewell tour for him. Um, now, uh, with him not playing since January, um, he's fell out of the top 10 in world rankings for the first time in 18 years. First time since 2005. He's now 15th in the world. So, to me, 15th in the world is is still pretty damn good, but I guess um, I guess to some people it's not not so much. So, do I have a clip of Rafael Nadal? We have a do we have a clip? Let's uh, we might have a clip here. Let's I don't know what this is, but let's let's see what this is. Let's, uh, reposition you here. Oh, we have an ad. I thought we had a clip. So. But yeah, what? And if if it is that, we'll do a workup on that. But uh, what a career for for the goat, one of the goats, I should say. All right, yeah, we have a clip here. I don't know what this is, but we're gonna we're gonna play a little clip here. Shout out to uh, ESPN and shout out to whoever owns this content because this isn't a direct ESPN piece. Uh, all copyrights go to the proper parties. This is just for educational purposes here. Andaros, as, as you know, uh, I was even working as much as possible every single day for the last four months. Uh, have been uh, very difficult months because we were not able to find uh, the solution uh, to the problem that uh, I had in Australia. So today, I'm still in, in a position that I am not able to to feel myself ready to compete at the standards that I need to to be to to play a Roland Garros. No, I am not the guy that's going to be in Roland Garros and uh, just try to be there and put myself in a position that I don't like to be in. My goal or my my ambition is to to try to to stop to give myself uh, an opportunity to to enjoy next year. That probably going to be my, my my last year uh, in a professional tour. No, that's my idea. Even that I I can't say hundred percent that's going to be like this because you never know what's what can happen. No? But my idea and my motivation is to try to to enjoy and try to say goodbye of all the tournaments that I have been important for me in my tennis career during this year and just try to enjoy that that. Being competitive and enjoying uh, being comfort something that today is not possible. No? So I really believe that if I keep going now, I will not be able to make that happen. I don't know if I stop if I will be able to make that happen, but I think the chances is high. And so, so again, you know, that's that's the whole point. What he just said at the standard that I know this whole thing, like like you know how I am with pro wrestling, the Undertaker is the greatest character in the history of this business. I didn't say he's the greatest worker. And actually, in later years, Taker had a run of, of matches where you, you know, you could put him up there in that conversation as one of the greatest workers of all time. But he was definitely the greatest character. And that was the whole point of this last run. He could do this forever. He could go out work once a year. But 
he has a set standard in his mind of where he needs to be and what he needs to do to be happy. And he said, if I can't make myself happy, how am I going to give the fans something to be happy about? Which, that's his opinion. The fans are happy to see him come out and choke slam somebody and hear the gong go off. He's not going to be happy doing it, but, you know, we all would. But, so back to back to Rafael Nadal, I mean, you, you heard himself. If he can't play at the standard that he wants to play at, then, you know, and I think that's something else, too. Like, how fucking brave of him, how, how brave of him to be like, hey, look, here it is. If I can't go at the level I need to go at, so... Uh, I want to save myself to be able to play healthy, to play a final, to do a retirement tour. So, kudos to him when 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 he's done. Um, that's something I've always wanted to do, and I can't get Kurt on board because Kurt will talk a little. T- we don't do soccer, but Kurt will talk a little tennis. I'd like to do an episode about. You know, the career of him, but uh, we'll see what happens. And all right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up there tonight. This was just a brief episode. This was mainly just to uh, to talk a little bit briefly just about the whole live golf situation, the Saudi blood money and everything. And then I thought I'd throw a few more pieces in there. This was just a, a mini. It's a mini, mini. It's a mini weeknight. Chronicles mini episode. So, uh, I have the kids this coming weekend, uh, the weekend of the 10th. So, it'll be two weekends, God willing. Kurt and I will be uh, back in the saddle again. I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. I'm back. Sorry. Uh, we will hopefully get together. Uh, I'm in the mood to cover some baseball. It's June. I know we've been doing all these other episodes when we have been, but I'm in the mood for another World Series recap. Uh, Our World Series recaps are our best episodes. We get the most feedback from those. Although we do have a laundry list of episodes to cover, I've had some very exciting, interesting things on tap as I sit here and I look uh, under the pod father folder. There is that other Masonic podcast and Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Uh, Full length episodes, upcoming episode list. We should do Killdozer. Ooh, maybe we could do Alcatraz. Uh, But at any rate, we will figure out what it is we need to be doing. Uh, So for the absent homie, Kurt Kelly. Uh, who didn't even know I was recording tonight. I should have been like, hey, I should have asked him if he wanted to do something, but he's been super busy lately. So for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. This has been another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, the Weeknight Chronicles. As always, guys, we tremendously appreciate your support, your love, your feedback. There is no show without you guys. For whatever reason, you guys still tune in, you still download, you still listen. And... Uh, thank you. Um, I never thought that in two years' time, uh, a little over two years now, we're 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 at about twenty five months now. I never would have thought that uh, we'd see the numbers that we hit. I mean, it ain't a lot for a small time podcast. That's a lot. We are at a twenty five hundred all time downloads, um, which is impressive. Um, so yeah, (laughs) sorry, I just, it's, it's amazing to me that we've been doing this show for two years now, over a month, over two years, but anyways, I'm rambling. That's enough. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks for your support guys.